Welcome to Pints and Politics. I'm your host, Dan Parsons. Uh, every episode of Pints and Politics, we invite uh, the thought leaders, the difference makers, to come and talk about the most important issues of our day. And we do that the way we should always talk about the most important <laughs> issues of the day, and certainly about politics, with a lovely Nebraska craft beer. And so welcome. We're glad you're here. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the yeah. show Dave Herring, executive director yeah. of the Lincoln Airport. Yeah, thank. Glad to be back. It was exciting the first time. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, and and you drug along one of your board members last time. <laughs> I uh, did. <laughs> uh, you know, Nick Kuzik was here. That was way back in. Uh, it was episode thirty-seven. Uh, was June of twenty-one. Wow. And by the way, this is episode number fifty-three. So. Wow. We've plowed some ground Absolutely. since uh, you were here last. And so welcome, Dave. It's always a delight to see you. And let me introduce Rachel Barth. Rachel is the Director of Communications and Customer Engagement for the airport. Yeah. Rachel, I'm so glad that you're here. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And uh, so uh, actually Dave brought a beer and, and <laughs> I brought a beer and uh, and you missed the pre-party. I, I, we did. Yeah, uh, but, you, know. you know, but anyway, let me introduce... Um, uh, the beers that we're drinking. Well, maybe Dave, maybe you'd like to talk about uh, the cross Crosstoberfest. Absolutely. This was, you know, it's you asked about what we might like to have for this one, and it's it's October. I mean, you can't go wrong with with Oktoberfest during the month of October. Um, and this was one of the more unique ones that I have had. I, I I love fall beers. I'm even one of those weird beer beer fans that really likes pumpkin ales, even. So <laughs> you know, I don't admit that too often. But uh, but this one is actually a, I'm also a big bourbon fan, and this is yes. a bourbon aged um, Oktoberfest beer from our friends and Cross Strain up in La Vista. Yeah. And uh, it was really quite unique for an Oktoberfest that's barrel aged. It's light. It's only I think about six seven. Um, on the ABV, nice. and so, uh, but it was really a unique beer and one I thoroughly enjoyed this year. So I obviously wanted to share it when I knew well, it was coming on the thank show. thank you very much. You know, uh, <clears throat> the reason Dave and I met was because of craft beer, as I recall. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. It seems to be a recurring theme, actually, with me and people that I meet for the first time. Um, yeah, just a little backstory, uh, and I'm sorry if that uh, pour wasn't that great. Oh, no, it's... We can make up for it. Um, uh, we actually did some work for the airport uh, a couple years ago, and uh, we can talk about that maybe a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I uh, I recall um, you beca because you were fairly new to Lincoln uh, back then, and you'd heard about this podcast. Yep. And it's like craft beer. I need to know this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> next thing you know, here we are. So yep. so thank and and Rachel, uh, yeah. I chose for you. A, uh, because apparently you have something against these really heavy beers. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching, watching the cards. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really smart. That's really wise. Uh, a berry lemon sour from our friends at Code Beer yes. here in Lincoln. So let me... Uh, I'm excited. What yeah. a beautiful can, too. Yeah. But the guys over at Matt and uh, the crew over at Code do a wonderful job. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. <laughs> I'll tell my kids I was drinking juice. That's what it was, kids. <laughs> oh, and I was wrong. Crustober has only 5.5. Five. It's even lighter than I thought oh, it was. Oh, we could. It's like a lawnmower beer. <laughs> All right, friends. All right. Cheers. 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 Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like the berries. Is it okay? It's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, so unique, isn't it? That's nice, Dave. That's really nice. And so they actually uh, put it in an oak barrel. It is. Yeah, it is aged for, you know, it's not a tremendously long aged beer like you see on some of the stouts and whatnot. I forget what I brought last time. I think I brought something last time or you got something last time. It was a little heavier because yeah. I remember uh, Mr. Cusick was yeah. not as much a fan of that yeah. one. But, uh, <laughs> but We made uh, him drink a, 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 a sour too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I thought this was a perfect one for a day like this. And, you know, it's a little bit of a bite in the air outside. Yes, You're is. probably coming towards stout season, so good time yeah. to sort of end this season. Well, very good. Thank you very much. Well, as always, we'll put notes uh, in the, about the beers and where you can find them and learn more about them. And um, yeah, well, listen, I am so thrilled that you guys could come and talk about what's going on at the Lincoln Airport because I, I, I you know, I'm a, a fan, obviously, and. Uh, there's just a lot that you have going on at the airport. Yeah. And uh, so let's start, if I may, speaking of politics, um, you've kind of swerved into the political realm, even though you, you can't tell people how to vote for this issue, but there's a constitutional amendment mm -hmm. that will be on the ballot on November 8th uh, that has to do with airports here in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. So it's constitutional amendment CA1, mm -hmm. correct? Correct. And so talk a little bit about that, if you could. Yeah, absolutely. So it's no secret that air service, especially at the commercial air, uh, air service airports um, in the state of Nebraska is, is incredibly important. Um, there was a report done several years ago by the state indicating that the commercial service airports in the state generate roughly 6.1, it's like $6.1 billion annually in economic impact. Here locally, it's roughly between one and one and a half billion dollars in economic impact. So commercial air service is, is vital. Um, one of the challenges, though, is that we're one of hundreds of communities across the United States that are trying to get additional air service, and figuring out how you stand out is always critical. Um, but even more critical than that is making sure that we aren't behind everybody else um, in the resources we have. And so when we are attempting to recruit additional service, there are certain expectations that are in there. Gone are the days where we used to be able to recruit air service and just hope that the carrier would say, hey, you know what? Lincoln seems like a really growing city. We're just gonna go ahead and give it a shot and see how it goes. Roll, Those, the, roll the dice. Exactly, yeah. you know, say, we think we're gonna find that diamond in the rough. That maybe is how it was done two decades ago. Uh, that is not how it is done today. Um, there is the competition, you know, air service has gone through significant consolidation. The number of carriers that existed 20 right. years ago was a fraction of what it was then. And so now you have all these airports competing for far less service. Um, and so what happens is those carriers want to see communities have a little bit of stake in the game. Yep. They, they're saying that, you know, we're gonna still bring our assets there. We still wanna take a chance on the community, but we want you to have a little bit of stake in the yep. success. A little skin in the game. That's exactly right. And so, you know, we've been fortunate, obviously here locally, we've been able to compete for some federal grants and we've been able to get those and utilize those as resources. The problem is, is that if you don't get those, other states around us um, are actually investing in air service programs. Um, and what we have found here uh, over many years of trying to navigate through the laws and the rules and whatnot is that, you know, we're probably at a little bit of a disadvantage to the states around us. Um, even if we had an environment where our state or our local municipalities wanted to invest in air service, we're uh, allowed. The state constitution says you can't. Yep. Um, it's actually in the it is is in the constitution. It's not just a law that can be changed relatively easy <laughs> by the that, state legislature. It's in the stinking constitution. That's correct. Yeah. And we've uh, it was something that was noted. As a matter of fact, even we we 
there's an inter you can interpret constitutions in many different ways. And so working with uh, local legislators, we decided to actually get a ruling on it. So there's actually a, uh, an attorney general opinion stating that, yes, that's correct. That's something that, that we couldn't do. And so there's numerous ways that we look at it where, you know, in our case, we're looking at as how to, as how to grow air service. Lincoln is one of those unique airports that is kind of in between um, categories. You know, we don't have the critical mass like in Omaha where you have a significant population base that we can use as a selling point, but we're also not a federally subsidized airport like the other airports are in the state. And so okay. we're kind of in this weird okay. area where we really do have to stand on our own and come up with creative ways to do it. But even beyond that, the constitutional amendment um, one of the things as a, as a business manager, I think that all business managers do, is you always try to find what could happen in the future that might cause problems for your community or your airport. Um, from a smaller airport perspective, say the essential air service airports, um, such as your Carneys and your Scotts Bluffs and whatnot, um, the essential air service program federally has been under attack for decades as right. far as the viability of it. it. I mean, constantly needing yes. to... Yeah. yeah, that was a program that was formed in the wake of deregulation in 78, and it was never really, it was meant to be a temporary, you know, 10-year program, and here we are 40 years later, and the same program under the same rules still exists. So this, so Senator, as I, uh, as I understand, Senator Bostar from here in Lincoln introduced uh, uh, the, the bill in the legislature uh, to change the Constitution, the constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. uh, passed overwhelmingly it did. Uh, and signed by the governor. And so it will be on the ballot uh, on November 8th. And so uh, so it will change the constitution to eliminate that uh, restriction so that, so that what will municipalities be able to, what will those airports be able to do then under this new uh, change in the constitution? So the key thing about it is that it is very narrowly, the constitutional amendment is very narrowly defined. Um, it only applies to the, the nine commercial service airports in the state. Um, and what it in essence does is says that they can utilize municipalities, um, airport authorities or, or counties, you know, however the ownership structure is of the airport. Because it's different in each of those. It can be, yeah. it can be. Um, they can utilize any resources available to them uh, for the purpose of, in essence, air service, air service recruitment and or retention. Um, and so it, it does not implement any new form of new taxes. There's no new tax on the books. Um, it simply says that any revenue that is not already blocked elsewhere, airports have a significant amount of revenue that is already blocked by federal restriction, and that doesn't change. We still cannot utilize that. So are there examples for either your airport or other airports here in Nebraska that, okay, this happens, we passed this uh, constitutional amendment. What are some examples of what could be possible in some of those airports? The, you know, the biggest is the implementation of revenue guarantee programs. That's probably the biggest one that is a change. So from you can write a check to correct. the airport, to, uh, the, to the airlines. Correct. And so right now we can waive fees. We're allowed to waive rents, waive landing fees, okay. waive things like that. Okay. But the actual, say, participation in helping that airline start up and mitigating risk, if you will, yep. um, is very challenging for us to do unless we get that grant or something along I those see. lines from the federal I government. See. So it ha that money has to come from some, because we have some examples that we'll talk about. That mm -hmm. It's a wonderful things you've been doing to mm -hmm. uh, here in Lincoln, uh, but you've had to go out and get that money and find it from somewhere else. That's correct. As opposed to coming out of your budget. 
Correct. Well, we have to compete for it. And we're competing for those hundreds of airports I told yeah. you across the United States. Yeah. We've been very lucky that we've gotten two grants, one for Atlanta, and then we received one for Houston, um, which I know we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but without those grants, that would uh, likely not have been possible in either case. Right. So it'll be on the ballot. Uh, so look for it uh, when you and people are voting right now. I've got my ballot in my office ready to fill out. <laughs> so and, and I know Dave can't uh, advocate one way or the other, but obviously uh, I can. And so uh, I'd encourage folks to uh, do your research and uh, look at Absolutely. that and, and, and give those municipalities and those airports across the state of Nebraska another uh, tool in their economic development toolbox to uh, expand service and, and bring uh, bring people to our state. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Rachel, uh, I'm so excited about <laughs> some of the things that you've been working on. Thanks. Uh, and, and, and I feel some kind of ownership uh, with your position <laughs> because uh, back in 2019 when we, uh, when Parsons Public Relations did uh, the focus group mm -hmm. and we brought together a diverse group of people mm -hmm. here in the community. Yeah, the voice committee. Yeah, yeah. to mm -hmm. say, uh, and these were all, as Dave knows, we, we opened it up for people who wanted to serve on this uh, focus group to give advice of what was great and what could be possible in the airport. We had hundreds of applicants mm -hmm. and we had to narrow it down to a handful of people, mm -hmm. uh, but a very diverse group of folks who were advocates already for what was going on at the Lincoln Airport. And one of the things that came out of that focus group was we need a full-time uh, communications director and well, community. Tell that group thank you. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure you see them often I do, because they're yeah. out, out at the airport often. So anyway, so thanks uh, for all the wonderful things you've been doing. So talk about some of the exciting new things that uh, you've been working on. Yeah, so probably one of the biggest, most public one is becoming the official airport of the Huskers. Mm -hmm. So that has been something that we've kind of been talking about for the last year, but obviously with us landing Houston service, it really kind of helped push that up, that timeline up because the university also helped match that community grant. So mm -hmm. it just made sense to come full circle and it's really hard to reach communities outside of Lincoln. You know, that's our main demographic, but Houston opened up the doors to maybe recruit passengers from other communities. And Husker Athletics was a great way to recruit those people because Absolutely. the entire state watches football Absolutely. games, volleyball games. Um, we're also gonna be partnering with men's basketball and women's basketball. Nice. So we'll be their halftime promotion. I'm really excited for that. And then we also are gonna do men's baseball and we picked up women's softball. So nice. our women's softball team has been doing really great. Right. All of our women's sports have been doing yes. really great. I saw uh, women's basketball just came out as number 22. And so we're getting a lot of eyes on our women's athletics, um, which was important for me to make sure we support them as well so um, it's been a great partnership so far so well, that, it, it seems like a natural but those things don't just happen uh, it takes no. a lot of work and, lot of work. and <laughs> agreements and as you well know yeah yeah a lot and, of work mm -hmm. and so speaking of sports uh, you also had an announcement uh, I don't know if it's been made public yet of, yeah. of a NIL uh, yeah. deal yeah, so um, one of the- Name, image, and likeness. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I've been really following NIL for a while, um, and I was really interested to see how that was gonna morph. And if you pay attention to that, you know the university's like leading edge as far as teaching their athletes how to market themselves. Um, so we were specifically looking at athletes that are from the Houston area to help oh, us promote okay. the Houston flight. And so um, Allie Batenhorst, which is a star athlete for the volleyball team, kind of came up um, I'm a big fan of Allie. Her 
parents are from Nebraska. So it ended up just being kind of a natural fit. Um, she's number 14. We have runway 14. Oh. She's from Houston. Her parents use that flight to come watch her play. Um, so it just really worked out. So we had her just recently out at the airport. Um, serving the volleyball on the runway, sitting on the wing of a plane. And so you'll be seeing some Photo cool, shoot and video. Yep, you'll be some, seeing nice. some videos come out with Allie here soon. So excited what about a that. Wonderful connection. Yeah. And uh, that's really exciting. And my goodness, uh, from a marketing and PR <laughs> person, I'm envious. That's, those are some it's, it's really, really fabulous cool. projects to work on. Yeah. Good for you. That's cool. Well, and speaking of Houston, Dave, uh, you know, uh, selfishly, and you know, obviously I'm a big fan uh, of the airport, um, but I've even become a bigger fan because all three of my children live in South Texas. Oh, <laughs> so. Well, that's why we, we, we work, work so hard for this service. Yes, that thank was you very much for <laughs> doing Just for that. you. Yeah. yeah, because, and I did. I, uh, I went down there for my daughter's wedding. So I have a, a son and a daughter who live in Austin and a daughter and her family who live in Corpus Christi. So my goodness, I was, you know, two hour flight to Houston and a little puddle jump over to Austin. I was in, I was in Austin uh, eating tacos and drinking beer by 11 o'clock. Nice. <laughs> Probably use that as a, as a marketing pitch, I, I like guess. It. Yeah. Can I have you write a review? Oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so talk about how that happened and what's on the horizon for maybe something else, because uh, I think that was a, a big get. Well, it was, and, and that's where, you know, really that's kind of an interesting story because that one, combination of things, one is we've had a grant open for three or four years now, um, started off as for Dallas service. And we had ongoing negotiations uh, with, with American throughout the process. Obviously that started before COVID, then yep. COVID hit, and yep. that added a whole new wrinkle to it. But we knew that there was always a demand from this area to get down to Texas. Um, and so it became apparent that there were some other opportunities that were out there. One of those being that there was an opportunity for us to recruit or land. We didn't actually recruit it. They came to us, um, a, a air carrier maintenance base. Um, right. And, and that was actually a conversation that started with a different carrier completely, but one that was tied with United um, before COVID again. COVID shook things up, but we kept the dialogue going all the way throughout, determining if there was still a match that could be made. It became more apparent that it did appear that that would happen and we were going to be successful in getting commute air here. So, so just explain for our viewers and listeners sure. what that means. So, so those planes are coming here mm -hmm. for maintenance and service. Correct. And, and so because of that, it opened up an opportunity. There's more planes here. What That's, are we going to do with them? It, it's actually, <laughs> you have to, you know, the air carriers need a place that they can shuttle aircraft in and out of. And so it typically isn't going to be a small location with, say, one market. They need the ability to have aircraft coming in from all over the place to serve them systemically. And so Lincoln made sense. It was a market that everybody kind of acknowledged that could be grown into. Um, and so we were really excited about it because we knew that this particular carrier, carrier served Denver. We already had Denver service, so we knew they would probably take that over. We knew that they did not serve Chicago, um, but that they served um, Houston um, and that they also serve another market as well. And so uh, we were really hopeful that it would lead to Houston service if we did our, wow. our work to get them here. Wow. Proved to, to work out well between them coming here and the grant. And so we've been really excited with the results so far. 
Um, and we're hoping to build upon that. You know, obviously we'd like to see more than one flight a day. We'd love to see that get to two flights a day. And then hopefully down the road, uh, we can add a market, uh, maybe that other market that they fly to as well. So we'll just have to see. Any hints on what, uh, what direction? Uh, east, west? Uh, it, it, it is uh, somewhere east. Okay. We can, we that, can say that. That would so, be really nice. Yeah. So, uh, so I can get to Paris quicker. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I love Chicago, you know, I love laying over in Chicago. So in addition to uh, that great announcement of Houston, and maybe someplace else east, you're also opening up the possibility that we may get another fun carrier. That's right. And, and I think when we talk, when we go back to the beginning of this podcast, which boy, it does go by in a hurry. Yeah. We were talking about resources and grants and things like that. Um, we've been very lucky to be working with some great partners over the years, you know, in, in the chamber, in the university, certainly for the Houston service. And then here recently with both the county and the city um, in working to create another fund that we have the ability okay. to work with. Okay. And what we are really focused on now is something that we don't have and haven't had for a long time. And that's leisure services. And by that, I mean, trying to get some place that people want to go just to kind of let their hair down and, sure. and do something fun. So think like beaches and Vegas and coasts and things like that. And because so, obviously the Houston, there's a lot of business and correct. university interest. Uh, people like me, obviously I have family and, and leave, but you're right. talking about that totally different segment of flyers who just want to go someplace for fun. Right. And that's, and that's you know, when we say leisure, we it's sort of a term of art in the industry. Yeah. Business people can utilize it sure. too, but it it's, doesn't really connect to anything. They're basically destination markets. You're getting on a flight in Lincoln to go to that place, Man. not to go somewhere else. That's so we are really good. focused right now on getting those services to Lincoln. That's the facet of the industry that is growing the fastest. And we don't have it. And so we and want that to, know, to be in there. And I happen to know prior to COVID, you were really this close to landing we were. one of those. We, so. And we have been for years. And it's just we can't get it across the finish line. Hopefully, uh, I believe with the partnership now that we have with the county and the city and, and their generous contributions and willingness to partner with us, I think we're going to be able to get it done this time. But boy, it, it takes longer than I'd like to see. But I think uh, it'll be worth it in the end. Well, again, just uh, the energy and excitement that you both bring uh, to the airport. Uh, in the work that you do is exciting. So uh, just a, another little nugget of hint. So if, if you land this, Dave, mm -hmm. am, I, am I wearing uh, a parka or am I packing my swimsuit? Why, why would we be sending you in a parka location and we say that? I mean, I don't even know. You know, I suppose it would be fun to watch Rachel come up with a marketing campaign for parka locations. But uh, yeah. but uh, no, I think it's probably going to be more of a swimsuit type environment. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Uh, Rachel, are you continue? I know some of the other things that you've been working on, and just the community involvement, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the movie nights that you've been doing, and it's so exciting to see people uh, from the community. Again, it's one of the things we talked about in the focus group: is how can we uh, connect with the community more for people who maybe aren't used to flying out of the airport, or maybe don't even, you know, utilize the airport. And, and you came up with a great idea this past, uh, was it two summers now? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dave and uh, luckily hired me in May of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, and was like, hey, <laughs> we should bring more people to the airport even if they're not flying. I'm like, ah, no one's doing anything. And so uh, we came up with this idea to do drive-in movies. And so we tested it, went over really well. Um, had a little hiccup with some uh, zoning issues, so work through that. Um, but we actually use one of our Cold War hangers, so the old 
Goodyear hangar that actually Commute Air is in. So we just put a movie up on the side of that and invite people out once a month. And this uh, Friday we have Hocus Pocus, but doing really well. We've been averaging over about a thousand people and support local food trucks and we work with local businesses. So it's been going really well and it's free. And I think that's the most important thing for me is making it affordable for anybody to come. So families can bring that's out their really own cool. food if they want or they can enjoy food trucks that's as really well. Cool. So will you take a pause during the winter months or? So a lot of that is weather pending. <clears throat> So yeah. the movie company that we lease the equipment to, um, they don't like to go below freezing, but they did say if it's a mild winter, we can definitely can definitely do a Christmas movie. So we're looking uh, into that. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Well, before we wrap up, Dave, I I really wanted to talk about uh, Offit and uh, their wonderful partnership mm -hmm. uh, these past however long it's been a couple of years now. Or mm -hmm. uh, and and so talk about Offit leaving yeah. and the opportunities that you've created around that. Yeah, it was great to have Offit here. Offit was a great um, partnership. It was great to have their, their airmen in the community. They were really great neighbors. Um, and so while we were we were sorry to see them go and, and head back to Omaha, we know that a lot of them are excited to get back home. But that leaves us with some pretty impressive resources on the west side of that ramp. And one of the things that was unique that happened throughout their occupancy is that unexpectedly, we were getting more and more interest from military entities, from civilian entities, even from some other commercial entities for airside development in those facilities on the west side. Um, it's long been our desire to see those grow, whether it's for general aviation or the best one would be some sort of cargo operation. Um, and we have continued to see an increase in that. And so I'm pretty excited about what the, the future holds for that west side. And boy, if we can get air service humming on the east side and you know, some additional service as far as whether it's cargo or military hopping on the west side, the growth of the industrial park, boy, you know, Lincoln Lincoln is truly off and running, at least, you know, from the airport perspective, and that only ties into the economic development of the, the community as a whole. So pretty excited about what the future that's, holds for the that's airport. That's really cool. And if we have time, maybe just give a little update on the remodeling and, and oh, yeah. uh, the, the expansion. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, See, that's well, that's, like, like you said, lots of things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the remodeling is going great. You know, we uh, we started that in, I think it was February or so of this year. That, um, yeah, and uh, we were hopeful that we would have it done from a passenger perspective by the end of this year. We are a little bit behind, such as the case with almost every construction project yep. right now, but not by much. I think we're looking at probably passenger amenities being open in the second quarter of, uh, of 23, and then the rest of the project, which will include admin offices, meeting spaces, things like that, probably getting done about 10 months thereafter. So um, about two years yet of, of project as a whole. But we're, if you go out there right now and you just take a look and see what it looks like, boy, if you're a, a passenger coming through the airport in the future, it's going to be pretty cool for you to see what's there. Yeah, I was there a couple weeks ago. I'll be there again uh, flying for Thanksgiving to Houston uh, mm -hmm. and then to Austin. Uh, but yes, uh, lots of visible changes. And, yep. and now, now there's actually a wall down and yeah, so you, you can, can see into yeah. it. Yeah, see, see yeah. you can start seeing what it's going to look like. That's mm -hmm. cool. New ceiling, some new paint right there. So that's yeah. very cool. Well, listen, I'm so thankful for the work that you both are doing. Uh, it's it's remarkable for this community. Um, you know, I sit on uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, uh, several committees, but we've been talking about how we continue to grow this city and attract young, old professionals, anybody that. <laughs> wants to come and, and, and uh, experience this life in Lincoln, Nebraska. And obviously the continued work that you guys are doing at the airport is gonna continue to help uh, Lincoln grow. And so I couldn't be more thrilled to get this update uh, for viewers and listeners and uh, let's do this again. Maybe the Absolutely. next time 
uh, we'll go out to the airport and, and, and do it. I think it'd be Absolutely. great. That'd be <laughs> fun. Well, listen, um, uh, let me thank uh, a few people as we uh, close up here. Uh, thanks to uh, BCOM Solutions, who do the production, editing, and distribution of Pints and Politics. Uh, Kim Remington is the operations manager at Parsons Public Relations. Kind of keeps things on the straight and narrow <laughs> as best she can. Uh, Pints and Politics theme music is written and recorded by Jack Rodenberg. Uh, Fuse Coworking, the home of Parsons Public Relations and Pints and Politics. And Parsons Public Relations, the leading Nebraska public relations consultant. Uh, you can learn more about us at danparsonspr.com. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Lincoln Airport. And our guests, Gabe yeah. Herring, Rachel Barth. Guys, thanks so much. Yes, cheers. Cheers. cheers.